Good morning. Join with me as we read responsively our responsive reading for today. Uh, the words will probably familiar, be familiar to you because they are the words of one of our favorite hymns, the church's one foundation. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, the Lord. She is his new creation by spirit and the word. Elect from every nation, yet one over all the earth, her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth. Mid toil and tribulation and tumult of her war, she awaits the consummation of peace forevermore. Amen.
Please be seated. Good morning. Welcome. We're glad that you're here this this morning and uh, welcome you all to uh, to a community Baptist church and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way as we worship God together this morning. We welcome our guests, especially you're very important to us and we're glad that you're here and we hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, First of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheet. On each row, uh, we'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out uh, with the information, any information you feel comfortable giving us. Uh, We would love to have that so we can have a record of your attendance with us. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, be sure to uh, uh, put your email uh, address on there, and we'll be glad to put you on our list to receive this newsletter. It comes out every Thursday. And uh, it gives you an update on what's going on at Community Baptist Church, opportunities for worship and and fellowship and service uh, here at Community Baptist. So uh, if you would like to receive that every week, be sure to uh, uh, put your email address on there and any other information on there and check the appropriate box. And if you would, pass it down the aisle and then pass it back down the aisle again uh, so that people can take a look at it. Maybe you don't know everybody on your aisle, and uh, people can take a look at that and, and uh, see if there's somebody they don't know, and you can introduce yourself by name after the worship service. A few other uh, announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. It's the beginning of Lent uh, this Wednesday. And... Uh, For our Wednesday service uh, this Wednesday, Charlie Hardesty will be here, and he'll be giving us a a lesson on Lent and uh, what it's all about and the significance of of Lent and Ash Wednesday. And he will be leading us in an Ash Wednesday service as well. Uh, So some of you, this may be new to you, and uh, and this will be an education experience for us and a a time of inspiration as well. And so we encourage you to be here on Wednesday for our regular service. We'll have our, our dinner at 5.30, or 5.45 rather, and then our uh, Bible study and our, our uh, time of Ash Wednesday service at um, 6.30. So I hope you can be here for that. Also notice in your worship folder that we have our Sunday school competition that uh, we're going to gear up on March the 13th. That's next Sunday. We're taking our averages uh, through February and through this week of our Sunday school classes. And be- beginning next Sunday, we will be starting a competition that will run all the way through Easter, which is April the 24th. So there's seven weeks in this competition. And uh, there are actually two competitions going, one with the youth and children and one within the adults. And so the competition is to... Uh, to get as many people here for Sunday school and the class with the highest, um, well, with the children, it's the highest number, and the, with the adults, it's the, uh, the highest percentage increase. Uh, so let's be thinking about that and working towards that, and we will uh, bring that to a, its culmination on Easter Sunday when we'll have a, a really big week. Also, um, Not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday is um, the first Lenten lunch in our series. That's on March the 16th, and we will be hosting it on March the 23rd. But on March the 16th, the Lenten lunch will be at uh, First Christian Church at noon. 
and we'll have a, a short service, and then at 12.30 we'll have lunch together. And uh, so I hope that you can be at, at as many of these services as possible. It's a wonderful time of fellowship. It's a wonderful time of, uh, of meeting with other brothers and sisters in Christ in the community from other denominations and sharing this time of Lent together. And also coming up, one more thing, coming up is Runway Red. Uh, this is a fundraising fashion show for Matthew 25 ministry here in town. And uh, some of you have participated in that before. Uh, that will be March the 26th here at Community Baptist. And we are looking for volunteers for that if you would like to volunteer or if you would like to purchase tickets to attend the fashion show. Uh, please see either Brittany or Jika, and they'll be glad to uh, to plug you in where you need to be plugged in and sell you some tickets. And it's a it's a wonderful a wonderful time, and, a, and it's a great fundraiser for Matthew 25. We're glad that you're here, and it's great to uh, share this time of fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. And so let me uh, let me encourage everyone now to stand and let's uh, share the love of God with one another and greet each other in the name of the Lord. I lift your name on high And I love to sing your praises I'm so glad you're in my life I'm so glad you came to save us You came from heaven to earth To show your name on high, and I love to sing your praises, I'm so glad you're in my life, I'm so glad you came to save us, you came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth my debt to pay from the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky Lord I lift your name on high you came from heaven to show the way from the earth to the cross my debt to pay from the cross to Please be seated. Come on down, children, to Miss Nora. Come on down. I need you. I have a story for you. 
Hi, sweetheart. Oh, it's so good to see you. Hello, everybody. How is everyone? Doing well? Well, my name is Nora, and I have a couple of words I want to teach you today. The two words that we need to learn are being wise or being foolish. Wise is hearing your parents tell you what to do and you do it. Being foolish is hearing what your parents tell you and not doing it. Have you ever not done what mama told you or what daddy told you? Did, it, did you have good results from it? No. Well, I even I didn't do things that my parents told me. I know that's hard to believe, but even as an adult, um, we have a, some property that we mow out in the country, and uh, my father used to do it before, and he showed me how to do it. He said, this is the way you do it, and then we would go out there afterwards and do it, and I thought, the way he did it just was took entirely too much time. I wasn't going to do it that way. I was going to do it my way. So I did. I did it my way. And you know what? It took me twice as long. <laughs> and I thought, well, Daddy knew what he was talking about. He wasn't just telling me what to do. He wanted me to do it the best way he could. This story that we're going to hear about today in church is about two men that are very smart men because they know how to build houses. Do any of you know how to build a house? You do. You do. Well, there are about two men, two men who built a house, and one built it on stone, on a rock, and one built it on sand. One of them is foolish, and one of them is wise. Now, I asked my friend, Larry McDowell, about bringing me some books about building because you know he's a builder and he's built stuff at my home. In fact, one of the things he built and I was asking about was the bathroom and I wanted the pipes. I wanted this bathroom in this one spot and he said, well, that'd be all right, but it wouldn't be a wise thing to do. And I said, but that's where I want it. He said, but in the wintertime, when it gets cold, the pipes will freeze and then you'll have a big mess. So I listened to him because he, he knows what he's talking about on building. He brought me these books. We use books to find out things that we need to know. You can be very wise and retain all this information, but if you don't use it, then you're foolish. And one of the words I found was foundation in his book of definitions. And it says in here that the foundation is the entire masonry substruction below the first floor or frame or building, including the footing upon which the building rests, the soil or the rock upon which the building or other structure rests. Now, what is that? But that's what he starts with when he's building a house. And it has to be in the right spot because there's also a definition here called foundation failure. Failure of building a foundation in several ways, usually by differential settlement or by sheer failure of the soil. But he didn't say anything in there about a storm. Have y'all noticed the rain lately and how it's rising? Aren't you glad that your house has not, the ground underneath has not turned to mud and washed away? This, feel these packets. In these packets are sand. Here, 
feel that? Is it kind of loose? If we'd have built our house recently on the sand and with this rain that we've been getting, the wind, the strong winds, because see, when we build a house, a strong wind, pass it around so the other ones, thank you. The strong winds are, aren't going to always be there, but it could blow our house over. So now that you have felt that sand, and you see this, this is my brick. If you saw something on a top shelf and you couldn't reach it because you weren't tall enough, which of these would you stand on to get to it? The brick. The brick. The brick. And the brick is what will give you your strong foundation to reach what you need. And our foundation is knowing that what we read, what we do is pleasing to God. Y'all want to pray with me? Dear God, thank you for giving us a foundation. Thank you for being our foundation. Help us as we build our lives to always seek your word and do your ways. Amen. All right. Thank you. Today's scripture comes from Matthew 7, verses 21 through 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast our demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and, the gra and great was its fall. Please pray with me. Dear God, thank you for bringing all of us, all of these wonderful people, to worship here, the, here today. Help us to remember that you are our rock and our foundation. Today we lift our problems up to you and know that you will take care of us. Amen.
Close your eyes to block out every distraction in the world and bow your head in reverence to our one and only God. God, you are mighty beyond words. You have blessed us in so many ways, so many ways that I take for granted. Thank you for health. Thank you for a warm home. Thank you for a country in which we can gather to worship without any fear. Thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ. Remind us, Lord, in this time of offering that it is not an equal gift, but an equal sacrifice of each believer and of our church in service to you. It's through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that we bow our heads and pray to you. Amen.
I read an interesting little item recently. It seems that um, the main library at the University of Indiana sinks over an inch every year. And the reason why is because when the engineers were designing the building, they didn't take into account the weight of all of the books inside of the building. So the library is sinking every year. I guess you could say that there is some heavy reading going on at the University of Indiana. But you know, it's foolish not to take into account both the weight of a structure as well as its contents when planning for the foundation on which it will stand. In fact, on several occasions, Jesus used the example of constructing a building in order to make a very serious point. And here's what he had to say in our scripture for today. He said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise person who built a house on rock. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish person who built a house on sand. The rain came and the streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a mighty crash. The point of this story is very clear. Wise people build their lives on a solid foundation. Every architect knows that it's very important. But it happens from time to time. Sometimes the principle of a solid foundation is ignored and the consequences can be disastrous. Joe Emerson wrote a book, and I love the title of this book. The title of the book is, I Wanted the Elevator, But All I Got Was the Shaft. But in this book, he, he tells about a, a skyscraper called the Columbus Building that was built nearly 100 years ago in Chicago. Now, Chicago sits on the, the sandy shores of Lake Michigan, and when the Columbus Building was built, it, it soared above the, the rest of the city, but, but slowly it began to sink into the sand on which it was constructed. When it was shored up on one side, it would begin to sink on the other side until finally it just had to be torn down. But fortunately, by the time the next skyscraper, the Prudential Building, was being built, Geologists knew what it took to build a skyscraper in Chicago. Pilings were driven 108 feet down into the ground. In fact, there were 187 such pillars that were driven down that far until they came to rest on a sheet of solid rock. 
And then and only then did the potential building go up. And it's still standing today. My friends, it's one of those self-evident truths. It is important to build on a good foundation. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale once noted that New York City's Manhattan Island is a solid bedrock. Most of it is anyway. And, and because of that solid foundation, scores of skyscrapers have been built in Manhattan. But builders were not always that successful, even in Manhattan. When they started digging the foundation for the Chase Manhattan Bank, for example, they ran into trouble. For you see, unlike most of the area, the excavators knew before they even started that the site was, was not solid rock like the rest of the island, but, but they were not prepared for what they found when they started digging. You see, the location where they, the bank was to be built consisted mostly of, of oozy quicksand. And so knowing that no building could be built on a foundation like that, the bankers called in experts to try to figure out what they could do to get this building built. One of the experts suggested driving pilings deep into the quicksand until a, a solid base was hit, like the Prudential Building in, in Chicago. Another one suggested another approach, but the cost of using either one of those approaches, approaches would have been prohibitive. They called in some geologists and they asked, how long will it take to turn this quicksand into solid rock? And the geologists responded, about a million years. Bankers didn't think that they could wait that long. And so finally they found a solution when some experts who understood the properties of quicksand were consulted. And what they did is they sank pipes down into the quicksand and pumped in a solution of sodium salicylate and, and calcium chloride. And only after only a few days' time, with these chemicals added, the quicksand turned into hard rock. And soon the foundation was laid and a, the 60-story uh, bank building was built on a solid foundation. The lesson is clear. If you want to build something that is great and lasting, then you need to begin with a solid foundation. The Greek mathematician Archimedes understood this principle. In fact, he said that he, if he could find only one fixed and unmovable point, he could move the whole earth. As he put it, I may have great hopes if I find even the least thing that is unshakably certain. And I think that's kind of our problem, isn't it? Where do we find that which is unshakably certain? I mean, after all, even the most solid bedrock can be shaken if subjected to a strong earthquake or something like that. But of course, when Jesus uttered this teaching, he was not talking about building skyscrapers or, or houses or anything like this in Matthew 7. He was talking about building lives. So where do you find that point that is unshakably certain upon which to build a life? Well, here it is, 
Write it down if you want to, but remember it. It is found in the teachings of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise person who built a house on the rock. So you see, the teachings of Jesus is the foundation upon which we should build our lives. Jesus is the word which became flesh. So fill yourself full with the teachings of Jesus. That's the first step in building a firm foundation. In one of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, there's a beautiful little story told by a a medical doctor, Dr. James C. Brown, about one of his patients. Patient was a five-year-old boy named Bobby. Bobby had been diagnosed with leukemia at the age of four, and his cancer was now in remission, but he still had to come to the hospital for a series of tests that were a part of his his treatment plan. And Dr. Brown said that Bobby had had bright blue eyes and a, a shy smile that at first glance did not reveal the wisdom that he gained through his struggle with cancer. Bobby had lost all of his hair while undergoing chemotherapy, and the treatments often left him nauseous and and, um, uh, unable to eat. Bobby had experienced a lot of painful procedures as he battled this cancer, and unfortunately, this day would be no different. Bobby had to undergo a procedure that he had had before, so he knew what to expect. But Dr. Brown explained to him still what they were going to do and why they were going to do it and the importance that he remain very still. And so Bobby assured the doctor that he would be very still and, no, the nurses did not need to hold him down. And and then as they began, Bobby asked Dr. Brown, would it be okay if if I said the 23rd Psalm while you stick me? And Dr. Brown said, well, of course, Bobby, that'll be fine. And then they they began the procedure and, and, and Bobby recited the 23rd Psalm beautifully as they went through this procedure. There were, and there were no tears. He stayed perfectly still like he needed to do. And, and the procedure went well. And, and then afterwards, Bobby said, Dr. Brown, that didn't really hurt that much. But the doctor and the nurses knew better. Then Bobby caught the doctor by surprise when he said, Dr. Brown, do you know the 23rd Psalm? And Dr. Brown said, well, well, sure. And Bobby asked, well, can you recite it like me? Well, I don't know. I think so, said Dr. Brown, realizing that he was going out on a limb here. Let's hear you, said Bobby. And so Dr. Brown proceeded to stumble through the 23rd Psalm. His performance was not nearly as as smooth as young Bobby's was. and, and And he didn't have a needle sticking in his back while he was doing it either. But as he recited the psalm, Dr. Brown noticed the other professionals in the room were trying to disappear because they were afraid that they were going to be called on next. And then beautiful, bald Bobby said to all of them in the room, you know, you really ought to learn the 23rd Psalm by heart because you went when you say it out loud. God hears you and he lets you know inside your heart that he's being strong for you when you can't be strong for yourself. 
Wow. And that from a very small child. Now there's a young man whose life is built on a good foundation. The first step is to fill yourself full with the Word of God. Many people have found great strength in God's Word. So we need to fill ourselves full with God's Word. And then secondly, you build a strong foundation when you put Christ's teachings into practice. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise person who built a house on the rock. We all know that's true, don't we? I mean, folks, you can attend Bible studies six days a week and twice on Sunday, but if you do not practice Christ's teachings, then you're building your life on shifting sand. And of course, the context of this statement comes at the end of of Jesus's famous Sermon on the Mount in which Jesus lays down what it truly means to be a follower of Christ. And what he says there is a great challenge to us because it goes against everything that society says that we should be about. The Sermon on the Mount was used by by early Christians to uh, to teach new converts what it means to be a Christian. And I don't think we should lose the power of that teaching. Things like dealing with anger, avoiding temptation, being fair with others, loving your enemies, uh, giving to the needy, using your money for the good of others as well as yourself. Do not judge or criticize others. You know, the the easy things, you know. (laughs) This is a word that you and I all need to hear. Because we live in a in a world where the sand is always shifting. But the teaching of Jesus Christ, that's what gives us the firm foundation on which we can build our lives. Our situation is kind of like the young man who is taking a test and the teacher asked him, Kenneth, how close are you to the right answer? And his reply was about two seats away. And we laugh at that, but, you know, deep down we wonder if we're becoming a society of cheaters. We're a pe- people who prefer the easy way. And values like honesty and loyalty and kindness and generosity that used to be a fixed part of who we are, they are now sliding into a pit of relativity. In fact, I... It may be that the biggest challenge that we face as a society today, it's not our fading economy and it's not the threat of terrorism, but rather it's the loss of personal and corporate integrity. It's claiming to be a Christian nation, but failing to put into practice the teachings of Jesus. Alan Emery was a businessman who also served as an officer for many church organizations. And for years, he and his wife led a Bible study that drew up to a a hundred young people every week. He says that he owes his values to his father. He wrote a book that I also love the title of. It's called A Turtle on a Fence Post. And in that, he writes this. 
He says, today I, I find myself still asking, what would daddy do? When confronted with those decisions in business or in life that are so often not black or white, but gray. I'm in debt to the memory-making efforts that my father made to imprint upon my mind the meaning of integrity. Emory remembers his dad as a man who valued honesty above everything else in everything that he did. He said that once his father lost a, a pair of fine German binoculars, and so he filed a claim with his insurance company and collected a, a sum of money as a, as a settlement. But a year later, he found the binoculars, and so immediately he sent a check back to the insurance company. The insurance company wrote him a letter back and saying, this never happens. The people will return money to us. And, and so they were encouraged by his example. It was a small thing, says Emory. But children never forget examples that are lived out in front of them. So what values are your children and others learning from you? Are you helping them build on a solid foundation? Do, do they see a commitment to integrity and right living on your part? Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, says Jesus, is like a wise person who built a house on the rock. You know, in a sense, all of society depends on people who put Christ's teachings into practice. Our whole society needs people who can be depended upon. Our church needs people who can be depended upon. Little children need parents who can be depended upon. We need people who not only hear the word of Christ, but people who also live by the word of Christ. Dr. Wesley Shotwell tells a wonderful story about a U.S. Naval Academy graduate named Charles Plum. Plum was a jet fighter pilot in Vietnam, and, but after 75 missions, his plane was shot down. Plum ejected and parachuted into enemy territory and where he was captured and spent the next six years as a POW. He survived that ordeal, and then he began to lecture about lessons that he learned from that experience. But one day, Plum and his wife were having dinner in a restaurant, and a man from another table came up to him, and he said, You're Charles Plum, aren't you? You flew jet fighters in Vietnam from an aircraft carrier, the, the Kitty Hawk, and you were shot down. And Plum said, Yeah, that's me. How in the world did you know that? And the man replied, I packed your parachute. Well, Plum was surprised by that and thankful. The man pumped his hand and said, I guess it worked. And Plum assured him it sure did. In fact, if, if your shoot hadn't worked that day, I wouldn't be here today. Well, Plum hadn't thought about that before, but, but that night he couldn't think. He couldn't sleep. Because he was thinking about that man. He says, I kept wondering what he might have looked like in uniform. I wondered how many times I might have seen him and not even said good morning or anything else. Because you see, I was a fighter pilot. And he was just a sailor. 
He thought about the many hours that that sailor had spent on the, that long wooden table in the bowels of the ship, carefully weaving the shrouds and, and folding the silk of each chute, holding in his hands the fate of someone that he did not even know. That lowly sailor was unseen and unsung. And yet because he did his job right, men lived who would have otherwise died. What would have happened if that lowly sailor had decided that he didn't want to do his job anymore? What if he said, if I can't be a fighter pilot, then I just don't want to do anything? It would have been a disaster. So you see, it doesn't matter if you're a fighter pilot or a lowly sailor packing parachutes. The question is this. Are you doing what you do with integrity? Are you faithful in your task? Are you living according to the teachings of Jesus Christ? If you are, then all of us are better off for it. For you see, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise person who built a house on the rock. So what kind of foundation are you building for your life and for those you love? Fill yourselves up to the very top with the teachings of Jesus. And then put those teachings into practice as you live your life. Amen. We have come to that portion of our service where we will celebrate the ordinance of the Lord's Supper together. The Lord's Supper, communion, supper of remembrance is a time for us to share this time together. We have the elements here at the front, the bread and the cup, and we invite you to come and and to partake of that. And uh, the way way you can do it is uh, we will come beginning at the back row, come down the middle aisles, beginning at the back, and then you'll take a, a piece of bread and then move to the outside and dip that piece of bread in the cup and then move back to your seat along the outside of the of the rows here. Um, if there's those of you who would prefer to take the uh, traditional way, then you can just remain at your seats and one of our deacons will be coming along the aisles and will serve you at your seat uh, if you would like to do that or if you're not able to, uh, to come to the front. But this is the Lord's Supper that we are celebrating. And we, invi- we invite all to partake, partake of this. Christ's table is open to everyone. I cannot, I cannot imagine Christ turning any, anyone away from his table. And he, he preached hospitality so much that we are to be hospitable to everyone. And so everyone is invited to partake of the Lord's Supper. And in this supper, we are, we are remembering. In this supper, we are remembering that Jesus practiced what he preached. And he calls on us to do the same. Jesus taught us hard things like deny yourselves and take up your cross and follow me. 
And what that means is that we hear the words of God and we do them. The Lord's Supper commemorates Jesus putting his faith into action, even dying on the cross. And so as we take the bread and the cup today, let us remember and let us renew our commitment to follow Jesus, to hear his words, and then put them into practice. I'll ask our deacons to come and we'll prepare ourselves for the Lord's Supper. His example to put his faith into practice, to take up his cross, to deny himself, and to follow the Lord God. And he has called upon us to do the same by being faithful to what he has taught us. We invite you to come now partake of the Lord's Supper, and to remember what God has done for us.
at the end of the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper that Jesus celebrated with his disciples, it said that they sang a song and they left. We're about to sing a song. We're going to sing together number 338, How Firm a Foundation. And during this song, it's an invitation for you to respond in some way to God's Spirit at work in your hearts. There may be someone here today who's never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. And you need to do that today. Or perhaps your commitment has been as if built on shifting sand and it has not really been built on the foundation of Christ's teachings. Maybe it's time for you to renew that commitment today to the teachings of Christ and not to your own ways. We invite you to do that. Perhaps you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our congregation today. Or maybe you need a time of prayer. Maybe you felt that the sands have been shifting beneath your lot, your life and, and you find that you need to have a, a firmer foundation on which to build your life. And prayer can help that. We can pray together. If God is dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing together number 338, How Firm a Foundation. Would you come? God, you have plainly revealed to us that true security comes from building our lives on the foundation that you have laid for us in your teaching. Help us, O God, to walk in all of your ways, to keep all of your commandments and to be transformed with the renewing of our minds and our spirits. Help us, O God, to not only say, Lord, Lord, but to do your will. For it's only then that we will be able to withstand the stress and the floods of life. Help us, O God, to go from here as a better person, as a truer disciple, because we have been here in your presence. Amen.
sibling. <laughs>